0: One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty Debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in episode 89 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me on Twitter at ff. Evan Lucian, you can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. Many ways to get in touch. Let me know what you love, what you hate, what you need more of in the show. Guys, it's divisional breakdown time. We are back again. Colm Kelly, the darling of Donegal, is here once again. We are breaking down the NFC North. Go give Colm a follow at Overtime Ireland. He is the man, even though he's a Packers fan, we'll forgive him for it. He is the executive producer over at Rotoviz Radio, as well as host of of Rotoviz Overtime. Absolute laud. We are talking the actual future kings of the north, the Minnesota Vikings today. So buckle in, get ready for some divisional goodness. The main event. We are going to talk about the new Kings of the North, the Minnesota Vikings. So buckle up, hold on, because things are about to get really interesting. They finished a disappointing 2021, eight and nine, second place in the division. Thankfully, though, that was actually, that actually brought in some good news. And the good news was that we sacked head coach Mike Zimmer and GM Rick Spielman, who had been just specialists in mediocrity for the last few years (laughs) very disappointing underperforming for the roster that we'd managed to have Um, we did hire in first-time head coach and former rams oc kevin o'connell and Kwesi adolfo menza as gm first-time gm Uh, he was associated with the browns got out of town before the whole deshaun watson fiasco thankfully so hopefully that has nothing to do with him No major losses on offense through free agency. No major signings either. So that was kind of a net, kind of a draw situation. No major draft picks on the offensive side either. There was um, a late, later sort of running back um, and tight end, Nick Muse tight end. um, And there was a running back as well, but he was again like a fifth or sixth round pick. So I'm not overly concerned about him breaking in straight away considering our running back room that we already have so that is a lot of changes there's a lot of changes i'm curious here colin what's your overall feelings thoughts on the vikings considering the change of the guard there with the head coach and the gm and stuff
1: yeah i think it was something that had to happen the if i was a vikings fan my biggest fear would have been you know if they snuck into the playoffs or for example they just didn't decide to make those changes it can be tough to make those changes but i think it was the right thing to do. It had grown very stale, and um, I think I think the change is the the right thing to do. Whether the change works out, that's obviously we don't have a, we don't have a you know a, a crystal ball to tell us that. But I think it's a step in the right direction. I think having a an offensive coach, coach somebody who's hopefully going to be more offensive minded for the players that they do have on their offense, I think is going to be a positive for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I think you know I I certainly <laughs> that was one of the biggest. Size of relief i've had in a very long time when we finally heard you know that not only really the major one for me was um you know zimmer but i was sort of felt like i mean i appreciate and respect spielman and what he had done how long he'd been there and stuff but i did feel like you said it just had gotten stale it was predictable it was it was just copy and paste from the year before it felt like many years of disappointment and kind of just Blase, underperforming, you know, not living up to expectations, falling apart at the worst times. It was just really, really not acceptable considering some of the talent that we did have on the roster. So we were never good enough to be getting these really high draft picks to be really, you know, making something. But then we were never like, we were never sorry, we were never bad enough to be getting those really high draft picks, but we were never good enough to really be majorly making any noise in the playoffs if we managed to squeak into the playoffs. So, yeah, I'm really happy about it, and I'm actually really happy about the choices. I feel like, um, Quesi's really smart, sharp guy, really focused on analytics and things like that. Kevin O'Connell, you know, again, it'll be wait and see, you know, because we don't know at this stage, but Rams. (laughs) they're doing pretty well and you know obviously the Rams sort of disciples that have come off of that tree seem to be doing pretty well so far um you know in coaching it was like McVay versus his disciple in the Super Bowl last year so I'm I'm not gonna be disappointed if if there's another sort of situation like that so I'm pretty happy about that I do think that there could be a real change, a shift in philosophy for this team this year. You know, very much Zimmer was more of like a established the run sort of guy and like wanted to run the ball and wanted to, you know, just really boring sort of playing way of playing football. And um, I just dug out some interesting sort of stats. they looking at last year, you know, we, we, we as a team, the Vikings were successful only on 45% of our run plays, which was actually 27th in the league. So it shows that we weren't very good at running the ball, even though we really wanted to run the ball. Um, We were actually successful 46% of our pass attempt plays, which was eighteenth, So sort of middle of the pack. Um, And overall we were 45%, which was 25th. So we weren't very successful in our plays um, specifically, especially running the ball, but really neither. And when you look at L.A., which again, Kevin O'Connell coming from that system, you imagine he's going to try and recreate that. There's already been some buzz about that. You know, L.A. was 47% on runs, so they weren't overly efficient or overly good, but when it comes to pass plays, they were 53%, um, which was second in the league. So, and then when it comes to actual just overall, how positive were their percentage of plays? 51%, they were fourth in the league. And again, when it comes to to me, when it comes to the shift in philosophy, you look at L.A. last year was number one overall for targets to the wide Receiver position by quite a large margin. Um, where, uh, and they were second last to running backs. So they don't really, they weren't targeting the running backs. They were heavily targeting wide receivers, playing a lot of three wide receiver sets, things like that. Whereas, um, you know, the Vikings were 10th, you know, 10th for running backs targets. Um, so they liked to throw to Dalvin Cook a lot. He's a great, obviously, he's a much better pass catching back than what they had in LA. But I think there is like a real obvious shift in philosophy probably to how they're going to play and what they want to do. And I think for fantasy, the nice part is I don't think we have a good enough defense to be able to do what Green Bay is doing, which is just hold, 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 you know, like throw on the brakes. Don't let anybody score. So I think that our defense is probably better than it was last year, but it's a work in progress. So I don't think we're going to be able to fully just throw on the brakes. Not, I think it's going to be a lot of needing to outscore the other team potentially. And with that shift in such a large volume of pass attempts going to the wide receivers, I think there's going to be some real, some meat on the bones here for Minnesota. So that leads me to my first over Question: How confident would you be in Minnesota's offense for the offensive pieces in Minnesota leading going into the 2022 season?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty confident. I would say I'm probably at like a an 8, maybe an 8.5. And that's based on, I think we know who the guys are in this offense. Whereas in the Packers offense, there's a number of question marks around who the guy is going to be.
0: Yeah, no, I agree 100. percent I'm a nine, and I think that again, I don't want to sound like a complete homer because honestly, up until this year, I think a lot of these changes have kind of informed my decision and my my confidence level. Because I'll be honest with you, I have not been a Kirk Cousins fan these last several years um, in Minnesota. I've I'm exactly like you. I very rarely would draft Dalvin Cook. I always had very few, very little exposure to most sort of um, Minnesota offensive. Pieces. I don't have a lot of Irv Smith on my roster, even, you know, like a lot of that. I'm just kind of, I'd rather be unnecessarily negative maybe on my team and then they surprise me. But I do have genuinely, and I'm not even saying necessarily for real life NFL. I feel like for fantasy, I'm feeling very positive vibes going into the season here. So I'm going to look at a couple quick questions here for you. Same as we did with the Packers. So if you're talking, who is your biggest buy out of these Vikings? absolute stud muffins who are you going to go for
1: i'm going to uh i'm going to let you go first because i have some ticks after you say who yours is oh great
0: i feel like you're trapping me here in my words or something so sadly i'm gonna say my my actual buy probably is well i i think that i've talked about it before and i still stand by that if you're a contending team and you're right you know really looking for a little bit of depth i do think Adam Thielen is a massive buy because of how good he is, how high his ceiling, and the and the cheap. You know, the cost of acquisition is so low. But i have been looking at superflex ADP mostly. Every league I play in is superflex, and I'm gonna say Kirk Cousins. Like I'm not been a big Kirk Cousins guy. I just I again similar to yourself. I like the rushing upside. I like there to be a quarterback who has that rushing floor. Things like that. He does not offer that. He has zero rushing upside, and he doesn't offer much in the way of dance moves. But what he does have is um, he's been actually really efficient these last couple of years, statistically, even in a middle of the pack offense, like we've talked about. He was QB 11 last year. So he was still a top 12 quarterback. He's coming in as quarterback 21 in Q- in sleeper, like startup super flex ADP. So he's coming in as like a low end quarterback too. He finishes a quarterback one last year and to the point of, the Rams shifting towards a more pass-heavy approach, getting the wide receivers involved. Stafford, his first year going to the Rams in that new system with McVay, finishes the QB6. So I feel like, and I, I'm i not saying it will happen, but I feel like there's a world in which Kirk Cousins could be a top-five quarterback um, this year with Justin Jefferson, with Adam Thielen, with KJ Osborne, with a more pass-heavy um, attack offensive mindset with a not-incredible defense. You know, he's actually been really, really good these last couple of years statistically speaking pff grade wise um and yeah i mean i just think that and even with the new extension and things like that if you're looking at superflex you're looking at you should be in my opinion able to get at least this year next year out of him um so you're getting a two year window again for the price of like a low end quarterback two so that'd be sort of my sales pitch what are your
1: thoughts here colum are you are you anti this take you hate this take you said there's a world where he could be a top 5 quarterback it just isn't on planet earth uh, how dare you <laughs> no he could uh, definitely within the range of outcomes but sometimes there is that element where and with Rotoviz and what we do we talk a lot about metrics a lot about stats and this is sometimes where stats and metrics and overall rankings of a season for say a quarterback don't pass the eye test Uh, in terms of like if you're a justin jefferson uh, drafter you have him in your rosters like go and watch some of those clips of justin jefferson wishing he was on any other roster in the and the league other than playing with court cousins one play that stands out to me particular was against the 49ers last year like you know there's plays where jefferson is open and the ball is landing at his feet you know just the we're talking about efficiency and he was efficient but versus what he really should have done I don't think that it worked out now Cousins is that sort of guy he's for me the Andy Dalton of his generation maybe we'll say he is right there in the middle you're not going to do too bad with him he's probably not going to lose you games but at the same time he may not go ahead and win you those games and there's just that capped upside I think with him and so I'm not a Kirk Cousins fan but I know Uh, what you're saying at the the current price, how that could be valuable to your roster. He falls into me again of the decision of, are we going to try and win now? Or something we talk about is trying to have that permanent championship window. And Kirk Cousins for me feels like somebody who the value is going to continue to deteriorate. So when I'm trading into these players, I'm thinking, what are we doing in 12 months? What can we get out of him? Like if we get Kirk Cousins now for that price and like is it an depreciating asset so he may get you there this year but we have to also think long term the likelihood is that he probably finishes between 10 and 18 this year is the the terms of the quarterbacks and then is that enough to to win you that championship but the reason that i dislike Kirk Cousins probably as much as i do is that Justin Jefferson we talked about Devontae Adams Justin Jefferson is in that range of talent and that range of ability probably actually from a natural talent ability is better than Adams the one thing I'll give Devontae Adams is the work that he has put in at his craft and being a right runner but if you look at uh, Jefferson coming into the NFL he has just dominated through two seasons you touched on the numbers that Kirk Cousins has I think that Kirk Cousins is a product of Justin Jefferson been so good so if we look at what justin jefferson done through his two seasons he has almost 300 targets almost 200 receptions he has 3,000 yards 17 touchdowns like he is a star star player and i know i've written in the show notes you can't really buy him but it has to be jefferson like he is just so so good but when you look at the numbers and the cousins has put up i think that so much of it is those basically historic seasons like he comes in as a rookie is 1400 yards you're like uh, can he can he do better than that? Yeah, let's just drop sixteen hundred yards the following season. Like it, it's just incredible, um, and I know we had a game extra the the following season. But I think um, what we're seeing with Cousins is part of that. But look, uh, Justin Jefferson. If somebody's going to outdo what Cooper Cup done this season, probably Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. And if we're looking then at what you said about Cousins, if Jefferson does that, he may pull Cousins along to that you know high end. fantasy points total for the quarterback so that will be my concern and I know I said you can't really buy him but if you're not excited to watch Justin Jefferson no matter what team you support uh, there's something wrong there if you're doing redraft this year if you're doing best ball leagues just get him on your rosters it's just so fun to have him there
0: yeah absolutely no you are preaching to the choir there I mean he Again like you said he's wide receiver 2. So it's like you like you said you can't really I've traded for him once this offseason and it was pretty expensive. But yeah, in general it's hard to hard to justify trading for him your best bet is to get him in a startup, but yeah. I, I think a lot of your points are fair. I again just speaking from a fantasy perspective, I think Kirk Cousins unfortunately is a value because of how far he's salt fallen. I think people just hate him and I get it. I hate him. Like I really don't <laughs> like him, but I also just like points. And I think to your point, I get what you're saying in that long-term, You know, what's the upside, things like that. But if he finishes as a top eight or nine quarterback and you're getting him for QB 21, 23 prices, I still think that's a positive because you can get a piece where you can really invest in your wide receivers, really invest in your tight ends or something like that, only do a little investment to get a really solid quarterback. I have an idea.
1: It's going to be a teaser for the next show. But when we get to the Detroit Lions, I think we should have a wager between one of my picks for the Lions and Mr. Kirk Cousins. We'll save that for the next show. That is disgusting. You you should be embarrassed.
0: (laughs) Um, So biggest buy, as in goodbye, off the roster. Uh, We actually both agree on this again, and I'll say who it is. It's Dalvin Cook. And that probably sounds crazy to some people because there's a lot of RB lovers out there. But why is that, in your opinion, cold?
1: My one is Dalvin Cook as well. Obviously, you mentioned we had agreed on it. He is 27 this August. He is a running back, which obviously, uh, for me, adds multiple years probably onto that 27. But my concern is always, like, are we at the age, Cliff? Is the value about to plummet? We're seeing it at the moment with somebody like Ezekiel Elliott would be, kind of what I'm saying is, like, was worth a lot, became a little bit less expensive, and then it, you know, craters out. And I think... You know, Cook is really on that path. Had a major, major season two years ago. A little bit less last year. Had some injuries. Has dealt with the shoulder injury over the last couple of years. And then there was obviously the off-field concerns earlier this offseason. That's something that I know some fantasy players probably are like, I don't care about the off-the-field stuff. But I tend to be like, yeah, I'm not going to have him on on my rosters. But um there might be nothing to that, so everyone can judge that which way they want. But in terms of the profile. It is the aging running back. The age cliff is coming, the injuries are happening. You need to check out of him to get into younger players on your roster.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think the only thing I'll add, because you know, obviously Column's done a really good job of explaining that, he's still valued as the RB nine on sleeper. So you know the, again, Where is he going, going to be back,
1: valued next year like there's no way he's yes. going to be a top ten value that's that's the, the way exactly
0: look. and that's to me the reason why to me Aaron Jones is a buy because he's RB20 or 21 so you're talking like in theory you could take Dalvin Cook send him to the Aaron Jones manager and get back like a 23 first or 23 second at least maybe a second and a player on top and honestly like very easy to imagine Aaron Jones scoring as much if not more than Dalvin Cook this year so uh, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Um, sneaky stash again, surprisingly we're both on the same exact wavelength here. It's Mr. KJ Osborne, but I would, I would love to hear, you know, call wax lyrical about KJ Osborne since he's a Packers fan and it must pain his soul to some level to do that. So you go ahead and take it away, sir.
1: Yeah. I think there's probably an upside on what we get from KJ Osborne, uh, drafted in 2020, nothing really happens in 2020 with him, but then 2022, has the big game week one and you no know, pretty solid throughout the entire 2021 season also just turned 25 so there is you know years ahead of him to develop but I often talk about the year two breakout this kind of feels like he's a he is a veteran but it feels more like his year two but even heading into year three the other thing and you touched someone as a possible buy I had him almost as my goodbye and that was Adam Thielen Thielen is somebody for me who is past the age curve like he may get you the touchdowns this year, but the value is is gonna continue to deteriorate. And I think AJ or KJ Osborne this year comes in and basically takes Adam Thielen's lunch and becomes the wide receiver too in this this roster. So that that's where I think it's going. I think this offense, if it does turn into a little bit like you know, an evolution of the Rams offense, we may see still Dalvin Cook catch those passes, like you hinted at better running back than the running back options in la at the moment with the rams but we could see kj osborne you know step up into that role a little bit behind uh justin jefferson and i think that would really um push him up those rankings he's wide receiver 77 um and i think that you know that makes him quite quite interesting in this offense and like we talked about the packers there's a lot of potential wide receivers that could go in a multitude of directions but like i think when we're looking even if we're not looking at it right now, when we get to 2023 preseason, we're looking at KJ Osborne is certainly ahead of Adam Thielen in the depth chart.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely possible. Again, like you said, so much younger than Thielen. Um, I, and, and to your point, you know, he did have 78. 70- eight targets last year which is pretty good um he managed to get like i said in a middle of the pack kind of offense he managed to get 78 targets if we look at his sort of counterpart over in la the wide receiver three sort of rule van jefferson had 86 targets i mean certainly if they're in a more gunslinging sort of like shootout scenarios there's a world where he could get 100 targets this year yeah. um you know so i think that's pretty comfortable i i would say I feel fairly confident saying, you know, by the end of the year, KJ Osborne could be one of those like flex plays that you're locking into your lineup every week in dynasty, you know, like he's your wide receiver three or four, you know, wide receiver three or a flex play that you're confident comfortable and confident i mean finishes wide receiver 42 i believe uh last year and again nobody really talks about him and if this offense is going to be what we think it could be a lot more pass heavy a lot more focused on wide receivers which again there's been buzz about that already even starting you could see him you know easily being a top 36 you know top 36 option for you so and if you're getting him at wide receiver 77 prices it makes total sense there you go we actually agreed on
1: something sorry on the the Vikings and and Osborne looking at Thielen Thielen's gonna be 32 years old heading into this season so I know sometimes I can mention an age cliff and it's like a 27 year old and people are like what what is he even talking about (laughs) his age but Thielen's gonna be 32 so I joked at the start of the show about you know my back pain I'm 33 but if we look at his career over the last kind of since 2019 he has missed games, but he had 2019 had 10 games, 418 yards, 2020, 15 games, 924 yards. So maybe we'll give him a thousand yards or he plays all 16 there. And then we have 2021 played 13, 726. Now he's had a lot of injuries over that time, but the only thing keeping Adam Thielen's value afloat at this point is touchdowns. And over the last two seasons, he scored 24 touchdowns, 14 in 2020, 10 last year, and you Know prior to that, six nine four five zero one. So when we look through it, he has scored 49 career touchdowns, and 30 of those have come in the last three seasons, 24 of them in the last two seasons. If Thielen's touchdown percentage reduces, and it's very likely it will, they're going to go to Adam or to KJ Osborne. Sorry, and I just think that Thielen is uh, he's gonna, kind of yeah, of reputation.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, to your point. I believe off the top of my head, KG Osborne had seven touchdowns last year. So, you know, there's already uh, a bit of a, you know, That's a awesome. bit of a mind meld happening yeah. there for sure. And I, I like that. I like that'll call a lot. I think the only thing going in Adam Thielen's favor is they obviously like him there. He's obviously established. He's a vet. They know what they're getting. And I think the cost in an existing league, I mean, I think you can get him for like a third round pick in some leagues. Like if the guys that have him are sick and, you know, just sick and tired of them in their middle of the pack or they're, oh, I'm going to throw it, off. I'm going to rebuild. You know, everyone hates vets in Dynasty. And I do too in a startup. Like somebody's taking Adam Thielen in this startup. It wasn't me, you know, like, and I'm, I'm just like, oh, goodbye. Thielen, I miss you. Um, but you know, to my to to the point of I try to mix it up a little bit because it's easy to always say the rookies or always say the second year players, you know, that is true. But if I'm a, a team that got to the final last year and I just missed out and I'm looking and I just want a little bit more padding on my wide receiver depth, and I can throw out a third round pick that I'm hoping is a end of the third round pick and get Adam Thielen, to me, the juice is still worth the squeeze. And I think you can get those sort of deals done because everyone is just sick of him and just thinks he's dead and buried. I'm not there there yet, but 100% I agree with you. He's not like a, hey, man, he's a locked and loaded top 24 wide receiver that you need to go and pay out first for nothing. <laughs> Please don't hear what I'm not saying.
1: <laughs> so there I you have more, it. We have,
0: talked, we have talked through two absolute kings, titans of the north here. Well, there you have it, folks. Another episode in the bag. Minnesota Vikings, future kings of the north. Please disregard columns, slanderous, slanderous takes against Kirk Cousins. So, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed that. Make sure and drop a rating and review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit me up on Twitter if you have any questions or comments. And join us for the next episode. We're going to be talking Chicago Bears. You don't want to miss it. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver. Nah, I couldn't be mean. My fifth wide receiver, ran it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now nah, forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really want to do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate.